that no matter what you accomplish, the day's going to come, you're going to cease to exist. Let me quote from Bertrand Russell. Uh, this quote is in, in both books, by the way. It was on a more, uh, kind of a more uh, honest moment for the British atheist Bertrand Russell. But he said this in his book, Why I Am Not a Christian. That man is the product of causes which had no provision of the end they were achieving, that his origin, his growth, his hopes and fears, his loves and his beliefs are but the outcome of accidental collocations of atoms, that no fire, no heroism, no intensity of thought and feeling can preserve an individual life beyond the grave, that all the labors of the ages, all the devotion, all the inspiration, all the noonday brightness of human genius are destined to extinction in the vast depth of the solar system and the whole temple of man's achievement must inevitably be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins. That was an honest moment for the atheist. There's no God. Everything, when the universe dies, everything dies with it. Then he, then he tells his followers, therefore we need to build our philosophy and our behavior on this firm foundation of unyielding despair. My question is, why? Why? Bertrand Russell protested World War One. He protested for uh, equal rights for homosexuals. He protested for, he protested at the drop of a hat. Why? If, uh, if everything's going to die, everything he ever stood for is going to cease to exist someday, then uh, ultimately nothing has any value. Why do anything? That's why the Apostle Paul said, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Okay? Um, and so just the fact that the atheist lives like there's hope uh, is evidence that Christianity is true. In fact, I'll even say even all the other belief systems, all the other religions other than Christianity, they might believe that there's hope, but there really isn't a whole lot of evidence of it. I mean, what is man's greatest enemy? Death. Well, look through the history of mankind. If all dead men stay dead, what kind of hope do we have? But if we can walk, look across the page to history and find one dead guy who didn't stay dead, then there's a glimmer of hope. And that glimmer of hope gets bigger and bigger when we find out, lo and behold, that one guy who didn't stay dead claimed to be God, our God, and our Savior. Um, that makes sense to me. To me, that's the only guarantee that evil will ultimately be defeated through the, the incarnation, the death, the resurrection, and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, basically, let me just skip down to the cumulative case for God. I'll just close with this just by reading it off to you. We treat Christian theism here as a hypothesis, as an explanation. And then we argue it's more reasonable to believe in the personal God of the Bible than to be an atheist. Theism offers a more adequate explanation than atheism does for the following aspects of reality. By, by the way, I used this argument in a 120-page internet debate with uh, Dr. Dr. Michael Martin, a philosophy professor from Boston University, probably America's leading atheist. I believe it's still on our website if you want to look into it. I've never known anybody to download 120 pages, but, but if you want to look into it, uh, we, we tried to get it published, too, and he's, he's well-published and everything, and none of the publishing houses wanted to touch it because they think, well, no, people will just read it on the Internet. As if guys are going to download 120 pages, staple it, put it up on their shelf. No, 
the internet would be good good publicity for the book. But whatever the case, uh, I use this uh, this in my argument against uh, Michael Martin. Uh, but basically, theism offers a more adequate explanation than atheism does for the following aspects of reality. Number one, the beginning of the universe. We talked about that. And number two, also the continued existence of the universe. Even the atheistic existentialists admit man is just thrust into reality. It's kind of like we stepped off a cliff and we're just hanging on midair. And we're trying to figure out, well, how, how come we're hanging here? You know, how, you know, if I wasn't the cause of my own existence, uh, how do I stay in existence? What keeps me in existence? Uh, the design and order found in the universe. Even the possibility of human knowledge, human reason. Okay? I believe Immanuel Kant, his philosophy was the greatest, it was the culmination of autonomous human reason. It was the culmination of human thinking apart from God. If we throw God, take God out of the equation, you end up with Immanuel Kant's dilemma. Man can know reality as it appears to him, but not reality as it is. Reason being, let, let's say that this Bible that I'm holding in my hands, let's say that with my mind I, I kind of take a picture of that Bible, so in my mind I have a picture of this Bible, okay? How do I know that picture is accurate? Well, easy. I just take the picture in my mind, that thought, and I put it alongside the Bible and I compare the two. Problem is, I don't really get the Bible when I'm trying to compare it to, I get another picture of it. So, my idea of this Bible, is that really giving me true knowledge of that Bible? And so, in Immanuel Kant, you ended up with man can know reality as it appears to him, not reality as it is. I agree with Francis Schaeffer that with the belief in the God of the Bible, okay, God is a rational God. Okay? In fact, this is this form the basis for modern science. God is a rational God. The first scientists, uh, modern scientists, believe, they're Bible believers, so they believe that a reasonable God created the universe in a reasonable way, and then he created man in his image so that man, through reason, could find out about the universe in which he lives. Modern science throws out the God of the Bible, the whole foundation for modern science, and they still act like we can really know that this is a Bible in my hand. Okay? So basically, what I'm, what I'm saying is God created the universe. God created reality. The same God who created reality also created humans, and He created humans in His image so that He gave us the ability through human reasoning, through human thinking, through sense perception, uh, to basically come in real contact and have real knowledge about the world in which we live. You take God out of that equation, not only can you not solve all the great difficult problems of the universe, you take God out of the equation, I really think ultimately you don't even have a good argument that you can know that that's a chair that you're sitting on right now. And, uh, and but by the way, the element of faith is in there. You have, you are, you're placing tremendous faith in man's technology to build chairs and to build buildings because this is not a ground level floor right now. But you're sitting there without fear because of your trust in man's technology. So let, don't ever give, let anybody give you the idea that Christians have faith, but scientists have knowledge. Hey, the scientists just start the scientific endeavor with faith 
in certain philosophical beliefs that you can't prove through science. Uh, for instance, the scientist assumes the existence of the self, the human self, to do the experiments. Uh, he assumes the existence of the real world that exists outside our mind. He assumes that man can really be in contact with the real world that exists outside our mind. Uh, and then the scientist assumes in this moral value called honesty, so that you have to honestly report the results of your experiments. Probably, you know, when, when was the last time a scientist ever put honesty in a test tube? How much does it weigh? Can you bounce it? How far can you throw honesty? So all these people act like truth can only be found through the five senses. That's a bunch of baloney. In fact, the statement itself, truth can only be found through the five senses. If that statement is true, then how come you can't prove that statement true through the five senses? Self-destructs. Um, but yeah. Isn't, isn't this uh, what you said that this atheist um, where he says that only things that appear aren't as they are? Isn't that what the um, Eastern religions that's what they all think? Well, just all something. That yeah. Basically, what's happening is is rational Western thought that rejects God's existence right, is it ends up going in the same path. The West is going east. And what it is, is we're rejecting where reason is taking us, so we're taking a leap into irrationalism. And, uh, and so it's kind of east meeting west. C.S. Lewis argued back in the 40s that in the end, the final battle on the religious playing field would be fought between Christianity and some version of Hinduism. This was before we even had to term the New Age movement. Um, Don't also scientists assume that there is order to the universe. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Have no reason to say why that is yeah. the case. Yeah. They reject the exactly. order. Yeah, it's a real, they, yeah. It's, they, it has to be, or they, or they, they uh, you know, things yeah. could be constantly changing and there would be. Problems. Yeah. The, the scientist has to assume that the universe makes sense, that there's order, that there's natural laws that he can find. Uh, yet, he's often assuming that there's no orderer. Okay? Uh, no designer, um, and and yeah, that's really ludicrous. It, it, it contradicts everything he's standing for. Um, but uh, no, that's exactly right. In fact, scientists are finding mathematical equations that explain different relationships of things in the universe. Why should they expect to find these mathematical equations? Okay, it took a lot of math to put man on the moon. Okay. Well, if we're discovering these mathematical equations and all, uh, what makes us think? You know, you know, if mathematics makes sense with the real world, what, what makes, makes us think that there isn't this infinite, eternal mathematician that did the math in the first place? You know, why don't they just agree with uh, Isaac Newton, the, the, one of the first scientists, that when we do science, we're attempting to think God's thoughts after him? Okay? Uh, um, if... That human reason makes no sense unless it occurs in a rational context. So what I'm arguing is if the universe doesn't have a rational context, um, human reason then doesn't make any sense. But if the universe has a rational context, then it takes a rational cause uh, in order for it to have a rational context. Um, uh, point five, the existence of universal, eternal, unchanging truths like the laws of logic, uh, laws of mathematics. One plus one equals two. That was true 
throughout all times. Um, there was never a time when it was false, that type of thing. Plato just had these eternal, unchanging ideas just hanging there. Uh, Augustine, when he became a Christian, said, well, I know where they, I know where we find them now. Those eternal, unchanging ideas exist in the, the eternal, unchanging mind of God. Okay? Um, uh, the reality of uh, universal, eternal, unchanging moral values, such as torturing innocent babies, is wrong. We talked about that. The meaning of life, purpose. Uh, the theist is more reasonable to, to have hope, uh, a reason to be optimistic about the future. The atheist, there's no reason for hope. Uh, a guarantee that evil will ultimately be defeated. Apart from the, the incarnation, death, <coughs> resurrection, and return of Jesus Christ, I know no hope, no reason why uh, we can expect evil to be defeated. Feelings of guilt. Freud spent most of his time trying to explain away why that's some kind of mental neurosis. Uh, he should have admitted feelings of guilt are universal. Maybe it's a real thing and it's based on uh, uh, real sin. Maybe we have offended uh, uh, the true God, the true moral lawgiver. Um, fear of death. It doesn't really make much sense. Most people do not fear dying because you might die real quick. So it's not the pain of dying. It's what comes after death that we're afraid of. You know, I used to have a dog. The dog did not walk around the house biting its nails and wondering, you know, hey, is there life after death? No, because God, according to Ecclesiastes, God put eternity in man's heart, not in my dog's heart. Okay? Now, the atheist pretends to be intelligent, but he wants to make us more like dogs. He wants us, our moral values to be more like dogs. He wants uh, our thinking to be more like dogs. He wants us to stop thinking about eternal right. Like, finite, limited, time-bound man, I don't even think has the ability to think about eternal things, eternal, unchanging uh, things, unless the eternal, unchanging God you know, put those ideas in, in our mind. Um, uh, and then respect for human life. If we're just nothing but uh, a random throwing together of molecules in motion, you know, it, nobody, would, nobody would throw me in jail for kicking a mound of dirt. But if I kick a human being, people are going to get upset and, you know, policemen's going to come and take me away. Why? What's the difference between it? If atheism is true, the only difference between the two is just time and chance. So there's really no way that we can value human life above a mound of dirt. Uh, but if we were created in the image uh, of a personal God, then human life does have value. By the way, the, the, uh, and the uh, pro-abortionists that are not believers are, are being very consistent with their worldviews. In fact, uh, as the decades pass, they should become their morality should become closer and closer to the morality of an Adolf Hitler. Uh, if you throw the good God out, uh, you're going to throw uh, uh, good values and good living out the window as well. Eventually, uh, so finally, basically, mere molecules in motion combined with time and chance cannot explain any of these factors. It is obviously much more reasonable to be a theist and believe in the existence of a personal God 
than it is to be an atheist. What atheism does, by the way, with those 12 things, and I think I proved that in my debate with Michael Martin, they either try to explain away those different factors, aspects of human experience, say, well, there really aren't moral values, or there really uh, um, aren't eternal unchanging truths, there really wasn't a beginning of the universe. They're either trying to explain away obvious aspects of human experience, or they admit that that they exist, but they say what Bertrand Russell said in a debate against Father Cobbston about the universe. He said, well, we should say it's just there. So how did the universe get here, Mr. Atheist? Well, it's just there. Well, how do moral values get here? If you admit to them existing, well, they're just there. Kind of just the built-in furniture of the universe. But it doesn't, to me, all these invisible moral values and invisible truths just there in the universe, it kind of begs the question, maybe they have an, an invisible cause. And, uh, and again, I think uh, uh, theism, the belief in a personal God, is much more reasonable than uh, um, uh, atheism. Okay, what if we take a uh, uh, five or six minute break um, and, and then we can come back and we'll talk about some historical evidence for the Christian faith. If you'd like some uh, a period of questions and answers, what I can do is kind of abridge the message that I'm going to give so that we can have some dialogue and uh, sometimes uh, more learning takes place when, when there's dialogue. 